Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Well, Aaron Rodgers is finally out of the darkness. And of course, we have to talk about the Prince of Darkness. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. My first question out of the gate is, did you see Lewis Riddick's suit yesterday and immediately go out and have one made for yourself? Oh, yeah. Lewis was the inspiration for the suit that I wore today, and he gave me the confidence because he told me that I could pull off the swag. So I had to do it. Okay. I had to go and get something like that. You look good. I do? Is that – oh, absolutely. Okay, I appreciate it. Is that a a heliotrope color? I'm not sure what that is. I'm going with fuchsia. I'm just going to go with fuchsia. fuchsia? Magenta even. Magenta. 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 Well, you look good, and that's – that's Thank what's most important. I appreciate that. Canty, we have got so much to get to through the course of the morning, including the Giants and where they stand with Daniel Jones, the 49ers, where they stand with Trey Lance, and the difference between what's legal and what's right. But we really only have to begin in one area. Here we go! go, go. Only one place to start. Well, I think he's going to end up back in Green Bay when it's all said and done. If I am the Jets, I'm not waiting to see if Carr is going to come to me. I'm going to go make the moves to try and get Aaron Rodgers. The number one spot I'm looking at right now, it's the Raiders. Well, Aaron Rodgers has come out of the darkness. He saw Brett Favre's shadow and decided (laughs) six more weeks before he makes a decision. (laughs) Can't he? He's out. He is now going to, I'm sure, take a few more days and make his decisions Mm. and figure out what he wants to do. But there was an interesting soundbite this week from Aaron Jones, who we know is going to be back with the Packers. And this was from the Pivot Podcast. And uh, Fred Taylor, of course, with Ryan Clark, host of Pivot Podcast. And Fred Taylor asked Aaron Jones about the quarterback situation, what it's been like with Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years, and maybe if this feels any different. In 2021, you lost Jamal to the Lions business. And now you're potentially going to lose Aaron Rodgers, someone else who's been family the past six years. Think about that, that he might not be there next year when you guys start training camp. Uh, I thought about that the last three offseason here. No, mm. he was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a bit more intense. No, right? no, it definitely is. And it, uh, it resonates with me because A-Rod has played like a huge part of my, my career. Uh, he definitely has played a huge role in it. I'd hate to see him leave. Uh, he's a great leader. That's my guy. But it feels a little bit different this time. And, and there's one part of this that I don't think people are paying enough attention to. It's actually not just about what Aaron Rodgers wants. Mm. It's about what the Green Bay Packers want, yeah. too. And we all seem to be forgetting that because that's what Aaron wants us to forget. He wants us to all believe this is completely in his hands. Maybe he's trying to talk himself into it. Kitty, we saw the report the other day. The Packers are done with them. Yeah, that's what Bob McGinn reported. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, now Jeff Darlington came out with something that was a little to the contrary. But I, I will say this. You got to at some point get tired of the roller coaster if you're the front office. If you're team president Mike Murphy or general manager Brian Gutekunst, at some point you want to have some certainty about who's going to be under center for you for the coming seasons. And Aaron Rodgers has done anything but over the last two off seasons. So – if you're paying a guy $50 million and your team doesn't make the playoffs, Carlin, then I can go with the young guy and let him learn on the job as opposed to giving Aaron Rodgers $60 bucks in 2023 
to do the same thing he did in 2022. I can lose without you. That's not a problem. We can certainly answer some more questions about where we are. And the Packers have to move on from him, Chris. How long do you want to continue to live in this purgatory and in this, let's call it what it is, false hope. False hope. I think we both agree. I don't care what the hand injury was at the end of last year. There's some regression. There's some slippage. There is slippage. It's falling apart. And we are headed in that direction. And it should not be surprising. The other thing that we lose sight of is the fact that he's 39 years old. But that's not nearly as important anymore because of Tom Brady and what he's done. Stop. Not everybody is Tom Brady. It's Chris, from that standpoint, it's going to stop. And then... If I'm any other team at this point, I'm going to get seduced by what Aaron Rodgers was as opposed to what Aaron Rodgers is. Why do I have the bad feeling that if Aaron Rodgers becomes a New York Jet, it's because the owner wanted it and not because anybody else necessarily wanted it? Well, I, I don't think that there's – I don't. here's the thing. I'm pretty sure there's not a consensus on what direction the Jets want to go in as far as the quarterback. I is would concerned. virtually guarantee that. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, like, like there are people in there that want Derek Carr. There are people in there that want Aaron Rodgers. There might be some people in there that are interested in Lamar Jackson. I don't think they quite know what they want to do yet. But the most important thing for the Jets is that they lock in certainty at the quarterback spot. You're talking about a team, Carlin, that in their losses averaged 10 points per game. If they were just league average, if they scored 21 points – Per game in those losses, they wouldn't all be losses. As a matter of fact, this team's record would be 12 and 5 as opposed to 7 and 10. They need a competent quarterback, and it ain't Zach Wilson, and I'm not sure it's Mike White either. And that's why I think whether it's Derek Carr or it's Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson, the Jets have to make sure that they get one of these quarterbacks before the music stops. The last thing that you can do is allow this carousel to spin round and round and not land one of these top three quarterbacks. Doesn't this have a Brett Favre feel to it, though? from when Favre got traded. Favre wanted out. Favre wanted to go to Minnesota. The Packers were never going to let him go to Minnesota directly. Doesn't this have a Brett Favre feel where back then it was clear that Woody Johnson wanted Brett Favre? This is a better football team than the Jets back then, though. Oh, I I agree. This is a better team. I agree with that. But I think the... The owner is the guy that wants this to happen. Sure. If If I'm guessing on this, because... Well, the owner, it's, wants it's, a, the owner wants a star. Wants Let's just star. call it what it's it is. It's easy to get seduced by that. Yeah. I can understand why he would want a star. He want to win, you want to win the back page as much as you want to win on the field in New York. I understand how the tabloids work. I played in this market for four years, so I get it. But at the same time, you also have to consider the intangibles that your quarterback is bringing into the organization. And based on Aaron Rodgers' track record with young players, you don't feel great about them being able to have instant success. Look at what happened last offseason. It didn't show up knowing that he was going to have to be working with two rookie wide receivers in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Now, they figured it out in the second half of the season. By then, it was too little too late. They weren't able to make up the ground in the hole that they dug themselves in the first half of the season. And in a win-and-in situation against a division opponent at home when they had nothing to play for, the Green Bay Packers couldn't get it done. They couldn't punch their ticket to the postseason. That's as much about Aaron Rodgers as it is anybody else in that Packers organization. And that's what would make me a little bit leery about moving to heaven and earth and giving up all the draft capital in the world to bring Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Canty and Carlin in for Grinny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. If you're going to wait for somebody, this is where I wait. And that's Lamar. 
I, I am very curious to see if the Ravens, uh, over the next 10 days, uh, decide to go ahead and put the franchise tag non-exclusive on him because I think that means they're going to trade him. But, Chris, would they trade him in the conference? Because I'm guessing that one of the first teams to line up is going to be the Atlanta Falcons, mm. and one of the next teams to line up would be the New York Jets. Yeah. And if you're the Jets, if you're going to wait on somebody, that's, to me, the guy that you are waiting on. And if I'm the Jets, it's a lot to give up. I'm giving up the three first-round picks. I'm guaranteeing the contract. If the owner wants a star, let's go get a star in his prime. I'm agreeing with you on that front from the Jets. Now, with the Lamar Jackson of it all, you got to remember, if he doesn't sign the franchise tag, that's, in effect, a no-trade clause in terms of the way that it functions. Yeah. Because Lamar can veto whatever decision that the Baltimore Ravens want to make in terms of where they want to trade him by simply not signing the tag. You can't trade a player that's not under contract. Right. And so if you're Lamar Jackson, it's about finding the best destination for you. And although you like what Atlanta is bringing to the party, the Jets are further along in terms of the talent that they would have around you. Think about this. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, the offensive line if they're healthy, not to mention a top-five defense by pretty much any other met- any metric you want to use. You-, you got a lot more to support you in New York than you would in Atlanta. I like the pieces. In Atlanta's got Drake London and Kyle Pitts, but they're not bringing to the party what the Jets are bringing to the party. So those are all things to consider when it comes to what decision Lamar wants to make for his football future. And if you're Woody Johnson, that's what you're selling on top of being a star in the biggest market in the world. Two things there. Number one, does not remotely, remotely seem to me as if he's a guy that would not want to deal with New York. I don't think it bothers him one bit either way. Lamar? Lamar Jackson. Oh, no question. Not in the least. Number two, would the Ravens say to him, we're not trading you there because he's in the conference. Pick somebody else. It's not their choice, though. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's not their choice. Well, at they, some point, they, there's that discussion, they, though, Yeah, right? there, there's that discussion, but it's not their choice. I'm pretty sure that the Texans would have preferred not to trade Deshaun Watson in the conference either, but he ends up going to Cleveland because Cleveland was willing to fully guarantee the deal. And even though they had a deal in place with the Atlanta Falcons, guess what? Deshaun Watson said, I want to go to Cleveland, and this is not going to happen unless you trade me to Cleveland because I have a full no-trade clause in my contract. For the purposes of this conversation, the franchise tag, if Lamar doesn't sign it, functions as if he has a no-trade clause. If you were planning on going to Sky Cave uh, Dark Retreats, they're sold out for the next eight I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not planning on going into it. Why, why would I want to What's the longest that? you would sit in the dark what, besides what, sleeping? What, why? That's the point. Why? Apparently there's enlightenment in there. Why? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I can find enlightenment in other places, man. I'm, I'm straight. I what, do you think, what do you think a darkness retreat costs? That's what I want to – Cam, let's see if we can find out what Aaron Rodgers actually spent on the darkness I know, retreat. I, I, here's the thing. I know it's not one of those things that's cheap. Oh, no. I no, know it's not, it's not cheap. cheap. Apparently you, all of You're probably talking about five figures at least. Oh, absolutely. Do you all, think it's less or more than $60 million? I think it's probably a little less, a little less, a little less than sixty million. But I, I'm guessing it's more than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and it, all you get is a bathroom, a meditation mat, and a queen size bed. That's it. Well, they give you food too, right? I, I don't know. I would yeah. assume they do. Yes, is, they do. Is, is ayahuasca part of the diet that they're selling? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. I don't See, man. I mean, if you're, you're in the about think about it, if you're in the if you're in the dark for days on end, there's got to be something else involved in that. <laughs> It's got, I mean, look at the, there ain't nothing to do but be in the dark. 
There's got to be something else involved in that. Dude, there's so I keep down. thinking about that show, Nine Perfect Strangers, with Nicole Kidman, and she's got yeah. that whole retreat yeah. where she's got everybody hopped up on stuff because she's microdosing all of the food. I feel like that's the kind of place that Aaron Rodgers went for the darkness retreat. It's sold out for 18 months. I They're building I, more darkness retreat rooms. So is Aaron Rodgers getting a cut for all of the publicity that the darkness retreat is getting? My guess is no. My guess is no. Canty and Carlin. That's bad business. In Fort Greene on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, where does that stand? And Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and the Giants. We get the very latest from our own ESPN insider on set in just moments. Canty and Carlin just getting rolling. In for Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Diana Rossini joins us, ESPN NFL insider. What color is that? Stunning. It That's is. Hello. But he's the appropriate answer. Dunning. He wore, so Lewis Riddick wore something very similar yes. to Canty's suit yesterday. And I would contend that he just went out and had it made yesterday. Said, so, I, give me this. So I want that. Jalen Hurts started the purple cheek. He really did. That was a Monday night game, if memory serves. I then followed it. I, I did the same thing. I literally went out and got a purple leather jacket, and I've worn it on TV since. Mm-hmm. You just did, and then Lewis followed Jalen, yeah. then you followed Lewis, and, and we're all just a bunch of followers. No leaders here in this room. And I'm, well, listen, if I do it, I'm going to look like Barney, so I'm not going to purple. Can't make that work. I would pass out to see you in a suit like this. In <laughs> fact, this is going to be my off-season goal. I would pay gonna... to have you have a suit like this made. I have some nice suits. No, no, but this color. I would pay 
to see you in a suit this color. Yeah, how, much money? how much would you pay? <laughs> I, w- I would put five on it. I put five, five on it. Bold. Five what? I put five hundred on it. I mean, mm-hmm. Talk a little more than that. I put five, no. well, well, listen, Look, you got to put down something on it too. You got to be invested in this too. I, We're listen, a team. The brightness of your suit is probably very similar to the brightness of the sun when Aaron Rodgers walked out of that room today. I was thinking. <laughs> That had to hurt his eyes. Yeah. Have you ever been in a dark room for a little bit and then stepped outside? I did it recently because I was stuck in the house, and it wasn't even bright out. It's New Jersey. It's cloudy. It's miserable, <laughs> yeah. right? It's and gray. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But I felt like I was blind. So yeah. could you imagine Aaron Rodgers walking into this, you know, Oregon room, this small dark space, and and having to see the light after three days? How long would you do it for? A hundred million. I want to be by myself. No, she said how much she would do. No, no, no. How many days? A hundred million days. I want to be alone, Chris. Wow. I am tired of everyone calling me, needing things. I don't want to work. I want to just be alone. No, I'm just kidding. I could probably last for like an hour. I, I mean, exactly, I can't even. Yeah. I can't even wash the dishes alone without listening to a podcast or putting music on. So, um, you know, credit for for to Aaron Rodgers to have that discipline to just be alone but my question is what was he thinking about for those three days in terms of the football side of his life where does he really want to be what do you think where do you think he really wants to be I don't think he wants to be in Green Bay anymore I don't I think the money's good I think the comfort's good the 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 knowledge of of what he's getting into but I could see him emerging and and, and wanting a change and, and and being in a different system with different coaches and a different different group, organization, fans, all of it. Um, obviously, retirement is an option uh, for him. That's something he's considered. I don't think it's it for him. There is no way he is going out, in my opinion, the way he just finished up his season in Green Bay. So um, I think we're going to learn and know a lot over the next few days once he informs the Green Bay Packers of what he wants to do. Yeah, and I was curious about the timeline, Diana, because earlier this offseason, team president Mike Murphy intimated that the ball is in Rogers' court, but he said for now. And so I'm wondering <laughs> when exactly does that change because the Packers have to start getting ready to formulate their free agency plans Absolutely. and their draft plans, and they need to know sooner rather than later what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. So from your perspective yeah. and based on what you've heard, when do you think that the Packers – are going to approach Rodgers in terms of needing to know a decision about where he wants to continue his football future. I spoke to Murphy last week, actually, in Arizona, uh, and I asked him that exact question. Because at what point do you just say, look, look, we need an answer now or we're going to have to move on? Because they do need to prepare. He's holding up a lot. He's not just holding up the Green Bay Packers. He's holding up the rest of the league. And and, and I think he probably likes it that way. But that being being said, um, you know, from our conversation that we we had on camera, he he alluded to the fact that they think before the start of the free agency period, they will have an answer. It it sounded like that was a decision that they made together that they said, look, take your time, do what you need to do, Mm -hmm. but you just need to inform us within the next few weeks. Not so much like, remember last year, we had no idea when he was going to tell them what he wanted to do in terms of his contract, when he was going to sign if he wanted to stay with the Packers. So this seems like there's a little bit more of a timeline set between the Packers and, and Rodgers. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL insider, joining us. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. In for Grinty. where do the Jets stand here? Lay this out for us, their options. What's realistic? What's not realistic? Well, for the New York Jets, right, they have Derek Carr on their minds at this point right now. They had a really good meeting with him in person over the weekend And, you know, they really just talked about the things that the New York Jets can provide Derek Carr. But 
ownership really likes Aaron Rodgers. How could you not? I also spoke to Woody Johnson recently about it, and and without tampering, you know, he he shared. Look, when you have a talent like Aaron Rodgers, you have to explore that if that opportunity is available. So, once Aaron allows the Green Bay Packers to know what he wants to do, and let's say the trade is on the table, then I was told the New York Jets are then going to meet with Aaron Rodgers. Um, if that's allowed, um, you know, everyone just has to have that conversation of, yes, we're good with this. And then they move forward and see if this can work out. But you have Derek Carr, who, who, who's kind of waiting in the wings in a way, mm-hmm. knowing that they're all in on Aaron Rodgers as well, but they really like Derek Carr too. And, and, you know, I'm sure Chris, you have plenty of opinions on who would be the better quarterback <laughs> for this New York Jets operation right now. Yeah, but with the car of it all, we know that he's taking a visit to the New Orleans Saints and the New York Jets. Correct. Are there any other teams that he's in line to see before he makes his final decision? Because he did say that he wants to have this done before the start of the new league year in free agency so he can help with the recruiting process with other prospective free agents. Yeah, he did. And the, the sense I'm getting is he does have other meetings lined up. I don't know the teams yet. I would okay. think it would be the Panthers. I've reached out to, to Carolina, and their response to me was, we're just getting settled right now. Just obviously, they, they have a whole new coaching staff. They have a new GM. They, they're, they're doing all of this right now to get their ducks in a row. If it's going to happen, it's going to probably happen soon, right? Because they, yeah. they, they know the time that the, the clock is ticking here. Um, from the Derek Carr um, side of it, he does want to take a look around to see what the best situation is. I do know he liked the Jets. He did. He was impressed by them, um, and there was, there was a level of comfort um, when he was speaking with that coaching staff. So um, this is a, a truly a wait-and-see period at this point. Okay. I wish I could tell you right now, like Aaron's going in there and going, you know, I want to go to New York. I want to live in a very small apartment like the space I just lived in a few days ago. <laughs> but for, for, for now, we really just have to wait to see what Rodgers is going to do. Diana Rossini, ESPN and uh, NFL insider. Um, the Giants and Daniel Jones here, you were reporting yesterday that he's their priority. Yes. Here's my question. Why is it that the Giants are comfortable with going with a, a longer-term contract, meaning two or three years, as opposed to just a non-exclusive franchise and make him play at $31 million Because it doesn't feel like anybody else is going to give him more money and give up two first-round Yeah, picks. no, no, a thousand percent. I see your side to it. And, and look, they, they have made it clear that— Look, Joe Shane said it in his press conference that Daniel Jones is their quarterback. He laid the cards out there. There was no secret that, that they want to make this work. Um, but they're off in the numbers. Mm. They, they're not lined up with, with where they want to end up here. Um, Daniel Jones just switched agents, right? So that, that's going to take a little bit of time for the agency just to, to, get, you know, to get the information he needs in terms of the negotiations. The last I spoke with with people involved in all this was yesterday morning, and the numbers were still very off, right? Mm. So it's obvious, and Chris did a great job of painting a picture this morning uh, on GetUp about when you fire your agent, there's a very clear reason. And what is that, Chris? You want more money. You mm-hmm. want more money. <laughs> you don't like what your current agent is your saying agent about is what your telling contract you is going to look like. I can only do so much, right? Because mm-hmm. to the defense of the agent who uh, was with CAA – they, they were chatting with the New York Giants and saying, look, this is the number we want. And, and the Giants pushed back like, yeah, yeah, not even close, my friend, to, to the number that we're willing to pay Daniel Jones. And they tried. They tried to, to meet closer to that, and it, it did not work out, which is why Jones moved on. And, and 
there was a number floating out there, I think around 45 million. Jones, I was told that that was too, that was higher than the number he actually was looking for. It's more in the, in the 41, $42 million range. The New York giants looking more in, in the high thirties for, for Daniel Jones. So unless they can figure out an agreement, Chris, to, to what you were pointing to, this is this has got franchise tag written all over it. And how does that impact what happens with Saquon Barkley? It's, it's gigantic how these two are, are going hand in yeah. hand, right? So speaking to Saquon Barkley's representations recently, they're waiting to find out what the New York Giants are going to do with, with, with Daniel because then that's going to affect what they're going to do with Saquon, right? So in terms of his long-term contract that he's looking for, they're off on numbers as well. So if they can work something out with Jones on a deal, they will then tag Barkley. But if I was a guessing person, at this point, they're going to tag Daniel Jones and they're going to try to work something out with Saquon Barkley. And if they can't, they're going to move on. And Saquon Barkley is going to hit free agency, which I think he's going to, he's going to do well. So, so let me ask you this question, Diana. Are the Giants closer in numbers with Saquon or are they closer in numbers with Daniel? They are closer to numbers with Saquon. Okay. But it's just about priority of, of the position, mm, right? Yeah. The quarterback position is valued. And the growth that they've had with Daniel Jones this last year, they want to make that work, which is why they're going to go tag if, if they can't get a deal. Whereas the running back position, as great as Saquon is, as he is the face of the franchise, as much as Daniel Jones did a good job, it's Saquon. I live in the area. That's all. I mean, I think if you would go around and talk to the man on the street and say, name a New York Giant player, it's Saquon right, out of, the, right yep. out of their mouth. And, and ownership knows that. His face is everywhere. Um, but there's a price to pay. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not sure the New York Giants are going to be willing to, to go above their heads in terms of trying to get a deal done with Saquon Barkley at the number he wants. I think they would be comfortable walking away if, if, if it doesn't work for them. Last one for Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL Insider. Where are the Titans headed here? They cut loose Taylor Lewan and Robert Woods yesterday. Very curious as to who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah. Is, are they in the rebuild mode here? What, where are they at? phasing it, I guess, was the way I would put it. Um, I, when I hear rebuild, I feel like that means they're just going to knock this whole thing down and lose all year. That, that's, not, that's never going to happen in, in the way they run that team. There's no way they're going to just um, you know, put together a roster of players that, that aren't good just to try to work towards the future. No way. That said... Look at these guys that they just cut. A Taylor Lewan, who's not healthy, bloated contracts. Robert Woods, bad signing. Is that Cunningham? Bad, too? Is it right? Just really, you know, older guys, veterans who have big cap hits. Um, so I think the future is, is, is younger. And look, this is this is obviously a Mike Vrabel built team. And where does Mike Vrabel come from? New England. And what do they do in New England? They get rid of old players, right? Mm-hmm. They move on. They go younger. Um, and cheaper. And, and I think that is going to be part of this, what I'll use your word, rebuild, uh, rephase, restructure of this, of this team. And, and I do think it's going to be interesting to see what they do at Ryan Tannehill, right? The, he, he's, a, he's a quarterback that I know teams are keeping an eye on in terms of seeing if maybe the Titans would be open for business to trade for him. Um, and then, of course, Derrick Henry, right? W- what, what's the future of Derrick Henry in Tennessee, do they want to stick with this type of offense that we're seeing with him being obviously the, the, the center of it, the nucleus of it, or do they want to move it in a different direction? That, I think that's going to be something we're going to keep an eye on. On top of, you have a brand new GM. 
I, you know, what's this dynamic going to be? This, these aren't two guys who've known each other for 15, 20 years, running the same circles. They, they were arranged. This was put together. Yes. Yeah. Right? So how does that work in terms of vision? New England Patriot way type guys aren't always the easiest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Diana, just to follow up with Ryan Tannehill, if the Titans yeah. decide they are going to pivot and make him available – what happens at the quarterback spot for him? Because it looked like Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis were out over their skis when they got their opportunities last year. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and I, I think the Malik Willis, I don't even want to call it an experiment. They, they believe in him, and, and I, I know just from talking to players, they love him. They love Malik Willis. Um, but in terms of his him being ready, he's not. He's not ready. Mm-hmm. We saw it. Um, Josh Dobbs was an interesting little experiment as well in the end. What could he have been if he had just more time in that system, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, he he drove in one on a random Wednesday and was the starter that Thursday. Yep. Uh, not a lot of time to learn the offense. So, um, you know, I do think it's going to be a challenge. They're going to wind up bringing in a, a, another quarterback through free agency if they wind up dealing Ryan Tannehill. But um, I, I don't see that right now. I don't get the sense that they're looking to deal Ryan. What size is that jacket? I'll try it it's on. My, it's my size. I, you don't know the number. Though. It's no, called a it's, it's, it's very a large jacket. I'm going to try it on right now. No. I would love to see no. that. Please do that. No. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Put mine Radio. on. That would be interesting. <laughs> Killjoy. <laughs> Diana, thank you. I thank love you guys. You, I really do. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify (laughs) shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/network. Brandon Miller has it in his hands as he gets the ball into the front court. Miller directing traffic 11, 10, 9, Brandon at 8, still with it at 7, at 6, Brandon at 5, at 4, at 3, at 2, for the win. It is good! Let's get out of here! Point 8 to go! 
That is the call on the Alabama radio network of Brandon Miller last night for the Crimson Tide, who scored 41 points and had the game winner in OT to beat South Carolina 78-76. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It's Chris Stewart from Learfield with the call. So if you're unfamiliar with what's going on with Alabama basketball, here is the, the brief situation. Darius Miles was a player on this team earlier this year who has since been taken out of the university and off the team because he has been charged in a murder that occurred a couple of months ago of a young woman down in Alabama. Now, it was testified to by police officers this week that he got the he had asked Brandon Miller, who is the leading scorer in the SEC and the number 5 prospect for the NBA draft, to bring his gun to this particular situation that transpired. Now, in the last couple of days, that that just emerged. Um, Miller's attorney has put out statements saying that he did not directly present the gun to the person. In fact, was just on his way to pick Miles up at the Mm -hmm. situation when Miles texted and asked for his gun And the attorney says he never directly handed it to him. The police say one thing. It's a very murky situation on that front. The University of Alabama is following what the police are saying. Their athletic director, Greg Byrne, was on the College Game Day podcast yesterday with Reese Davis and Pete Thamel. Take a listen to what he had to say about uh, Miller, who is still on the team and is still playing at the moment. Greg, can you walk us through the university decision-making process for a decision like this? Obviously, it's not a unilateral decision by you. I imagine it touches a lot of people at the University of Alabama. Can you give us some insight into how the decision to play Brandon Miller was made? So it was ongoing con- from the get-go when, when the incident happened. It was conversation between myself, Nate Oates, conversation with myself and the president. We have a legal counsel involved for the university. We have our different offices within the university that are at least aware of it. And so we had normal conversations like we do for other issues. And that information was shared collectively. And collectively, we decided that Brandon was able to play. So this is based on what they believe. They don't, as he said, do any sort of investigation on their own. They ha- I'll read you the direct quote from it. Although we're not investigators, we have a duty to evaluate whether anyone involved in our program has violated the rules, policies, or standards of the university. We make, we make that evaluation based on facts. Okay. All of that as the backdrop. He has not been charged with anything, nor does it seem as if he's going to be, but he obviously was there mm. and was part of this situation that unfolded, be it as a witness or whatever. There is a difference between what's legal and what's right. Brandon Miller should not be playing for the Crimson Tide right now. And the reason to me simply is that for everyone involved, who does that serve? Whether it's what's going on in the murder trial, whether it's the rest of that team, whether it's the Alabama community, I understand that they're trying to be fair to a player who has not been charged with any kind of a crime, Fair does not play into this. It has no place for right now. And Chris, I I think it's fair to open, you want to talk about fair, it's fair to openly wonder if Brandon Miller was not a superstar player and was simply somebody who was on the bench for Alabama, would he still be there? 
I don't know the answer to that. Well, the athletic director for Alabama acknowledged as much when he was talking to Pete Thamel yesterday on that podcast. And so what I will say is this. You're right on the money in terms of fair, not necessarily factoring into the decision on whether or not he should be allowed to play. What people have to understand is when you're a part of sports at a high level, collegiate or pro, it's a privilege, it's not a right. And so fairness does not supersede the empathy that needs to be shown toward the victim's family and a community that is grieving the loss of life. We're talking about a 23-year-old in Jamea Harris that is gone. And her family is dealing with that. People at the Alabama community are dealing with that. And to allow Brandon Miller to be on the court shows a lack of respect and appreciation for the gravity of this situation. This is an active murder investigation in which a former player from Alabama's basketball team was involved in. And so even though Brandon Miller is not a suspect, doesn't seem like he's going to be charged with anything, because he was in proximity to this incident, I think it behooves all involved for him to take a step back. I'm not saying that he has to be dismissed from the team. He can still be a part of practices. He can still go to meetings. He can still go to classes. But we just don't need to see him on the court because that takes the attention away from the victims, the victim and her family that's grieving, that takes the attention away from a community that's trying to heal, and that takes the attention away from the other players on that team that are trying to compete at a high level. I just don't think that this is the right message for the program to send about what their priorities are, their morals, and their values. And frankly, the optics of it are made infinitely worse when that player goes out and scores 41 points last night and wins the game down the stretch. Let me be clear about one thing that I'm saying, though, Carlin. I am not saying that Brandon Miller is culpable in this situation. We don't know that. I'm not, I'm not blaming Brandon Miller for this situation and how all of this transpires. It was the actions of somebody else that directly led to the loss of life. All I'm simply saying is because he's so close to it and he is a cooperating yes. witness in an active murder investigation, he needs to take a step back in terms of being out there on the court and playing in actual games. Again, I understand that sports can be a safe haven for guys that are going through things. And Nate Oates talked a little bit about that in the post-game press conference. I understand how it can be somewhat of a sanctuary for Brandon Miller with all that he's trying to process, all that he's going through. But his feelings and how he's dealing with this has to take a backseat to doing the right thing. Chris, last night at South Carolina, they are chanting, lock him up and guilty. This is not what you want to be around your program for the rest of this year. And whether or not, I'm not saying kick him off the team or anything like that. No. It is step back, and I I personally would not necessarily have him at the games. If you want to have him around the program beyond that, that, that's fine. But I, I think in this case, respect and also just the idea of we're not sure what happened here. We need more clarity before we allow you to go out and play. And really, let's, it's also for your benefit as well right now. Well, let's let the investigation conclude. Now, I'm sure that Brandon Miller and his family will feel differently because this is a player that's trying to improve his draft stock. But to that, I would say that's not the priority. The priority is concluding this investigation, making just sure justice is served, and having empathy for the family and the community. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. 